to another episode of the Weekend Wire. Fresh off, I mean, has to be the best game in the playoffs. Best game of the year, arguably. I mean, yeah, I would say. <laughs> Recency bias, but yeah, I would definitely. Yeah. Um, that overtime went back and forth. Crazy. Uh, well, we're obviously talking about this Clippers-Mavericks game four in which despite not having Porzingis um, and despite playing on an ankle that still seems, you know, somewhat injured. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like what Kawhi did last year. It seems like it's just like not a hundred percent. Luca decided to have a 40 point triple double. Um, He decided to abuse Reggie Jackson on switches and, and Lou Williams on switches. And Lou Williams. And hit a step back three in Reggie Jackson's face for the win in overtime of game four. And this series now sits at 2-2. So before we start talking about the game, let's just take a victory lap, you and I, Aro, for our 2018 draft podcast in which we were both very supportive of Luca going number one. Oh, yeah. And you as a Suns fan – Probably have mixed emotions about I'm that. I'm still hurting, but yeah. it feels good to be right. I got a roller coaster for you guys lately. Um, <laughs> yeah, it has been. Seriously. Um, so, in this game, the fireworks really started in the fourth quarter and overtime. Um, I was sort of expecting just the Clippers to kind of dominate overtime. Because I feel yeah. like, I feel like a lot, that's how a lot of these overtime games go. Like, we saw it in Houston OKC. Like, one team just completely wins. Like, it's like yeah. having a new quarter, basically. So, they're like, I don't know. Um, Especially when uh, Kawhi hit that first little shot. Like, it seemed like a very basic yeah, ISO, a little step back. Kill him. Um, yeah. But, no, the Mavs were able to to just – the amazing shot making that in this game was so entertaining. And it wasn't even it wasn't even like oh bad defense like the Clippers have a good defense and the Mavs yeah. I mean I feel like the Mavs were contesting a lot of stuff besides that Marcus Morris shot with nine seconds left yeah um, but the the difference in this game was was Luca getting the switches on the Clippers guards um, not even sure why Reggie Jackson was in on that last possession because Carlisle <laughs> had called a timeout with yeah now that I'm like thinking about it that was a really weird decision like they could have been shamming in or. I don't know. Anybody um, else, honestly, yeah. Like, just for defense. Yeah, just put one of the bigger guys on. Yeah. But um, but they, they got the switch. The first time they got the switch, Jackson took the foul and just uh, fouled Luca, so they would have to reset. But then they got the switch again, and Luca just yeah. sort of cooked him and got him, got him to reach on one of the dribbles and step back, hits him in his face. Um, really an epic performance. I think he had it's 40 – Points at least, 17 rebounds, 13 assists. Uh, And that's, I mean, that's like LeBron playoff, you know, number. He's probably had like 12 of those games. But this is someone who's 21-year-old. And Luca, who's playing without Porzingis, which is huge, especially against the Clippers, who really have no one who can guard him. Um, And really, like, the comeback part of this was probably the most impressive part to me about this game. I I just thought the Clippers were too deep to allow the Mavericks to come back. But the Mavs were down 21 in the second quarter. And after that, the the third, like, I I didn't watch most of the third, but um, I tuned in near the end, and they were down, like, eight. And I was like, what? It's a game. Like, yeah. um, Oh, yeah. The Clippers down eight, I mean. And uh, 
it was just, I mean, definitely the game of the playoffs, probably the game of the year, like you said. Right. Uh, and for the Mavs, this is really this this whole clutch performance they were able, they were able to have is really against the narrative that has been going against them all season, which is that they can't win these close games. Um, after and I gotta say, like, it wasn't just Luca. Like, Luca had the big stat line, but Trey Burke was huge. Like, Trey Burke made shots. Seth Curry was like cooking some of the Clippers defenders, and like it just seemed like it was too easy at times for him to just get open shots. Tim Hardaway Jr. was hitting, um, and so, like the supporting cast, especially like stepped up in this game big time. Yeah, I thought I thought Cleaver hit some good shots. Yeah, good shots too. Um, I was just, yeah, I was really impressed by uh, Seth Curry though. Um, like you said, especially in the third quarter. Um, so yeah, the Mavs are kind of known as being this team who falls apart in the last five minutes, but that did not happen in this game. Um, I found this stat shortly after uh, Luca hit the shot and was entering today. The Mavs were 0 of 18 on game tying or go ahead shots in the final 10 seconds of the fourth quarter or overtime this season. And Luca himself wow. was 0 of 8 on those shots. Wow. And the one that they got from him today is obviously huge. A 2 2 series is, is no joke for the Clippers, who I mm-hmm. have said all year I thought they were the best team in the NBA. Um, but they could be in trouble here. Uh, I, would, I would expect the injury that Porzingis has is just knee soreness, and I would expect he would be back for game five on uh, Tuesday. I would think so, yeah. Um, but then we've got game six, potentially third – or there will be a game six on Thursday, and then uh, potential game seven uh, Saturday night. So this is – I mean, before this game, had the Clippers won, I wouldn't have called this the most compelling first-round series, but now I think that's an unassailable – Unassailable, unassailable. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that this is. And um, the the more once once Morris hit the three, I thought it was over. I don't know about you. I just thought I just thought Lucas Lucas not yeah. able to get past Kawhi here. But the the switches, just they got the switch so easily. I was very surprised. Um, and again, it kind of goes back to like, why is Reggie Jackson on the floor? Uh, for that possession, especially when you have the timeout. You have a foul after as well. So you have two chances to get them out of the game, um, and you don't take them. Um, and they like they were forcing switches pretty much all game long pretty easily. Um, some of the switches I think the Clippers were okay with. Uh, Morris ended up on uh, Doncic a couple times, and like yeah. Doncic was getting kind of the better of him, but like Morris was kind of holding his own, and he was at least forcing tough shots. Against Jackson, against Lou Williams, like, it wasn't necessarily tough shots. Obviously, like, the game winner, incredible shot. Um, but most of, like, the fourth quarter, third quarter, especially when, like, Dallas started building up that lead, a lot of it was just bad defending by the Clippers in terms of, you know, Dallas was just able to find those switches really easily. A uh, lot of just leaving shooters wide open. And like, you can't do that. This Dallas team is – the number one offense for a reason. They have a lot of shooters, and you gotta you know, against guys like Seth Curry. Like you gotta close out. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if like part of it. Part of me wants to say that this series, like the Clippers, are still very much in control. Just like if Paul George decides to show up and play, then and that, like I yeah. think right. And then I think it might be done that. for Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. I, but again, like Lou Williams had his best game of the playoffs so far 36 um, on 20 shots yeah it's crazy efficient he was just gliding to the rim like 
every possession it felt like for a little bit in the fourth. Um, and Kawhi had a slightly off game, I thought. Um, I think his shooting was like eight for 20, something like that. He got a lot of his points uh, at the free throw line. But, like, that's what he does. And, like, he's consistent enough with it to where, like, he's going to give you, like, 30 points a night. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, if Paul George even gets 15 points, they win. 20 points, and, like, good defense, yeah, they win. Um, his defense has been, like, kind of eh. Um, and his he can't buy a shot. Man. I mean, playoff P, very his ugly head in game four. It happened in game two as well. Um, yeah. The... The, I, I thought I was really impressed by – I mean, we, we talked about the switching already, but yeah. – um, and the Clippers are sort of one of those teams that has – I think Rivers is a good enough coach to understand, like, offense, defense, subs in the last, you know, seconds of a game. So leaving Jack Reggie Jackson out there was a really questionable decision from my point of view. And then um, even when the Clippers went zone in the third quarter, Luca was able to really, like, dissect it. I thought that was impressive because that, that's been that's been the theme um, of this season, especially just in the NBA as a whole. Like the Raptors and had a huge comeback against I think it was the Pacers or maybe the Mavericks even um, earlier this season, um, and that's been that's been something the teams have been sort of having in their back pocket. But for Luca, this is, I mean, Luca had Luca obviously has like national recognition, but I think the bigger part of this is this um, stereotype that has been going on for a while in the NBA that um, these European players come over and they're soft. Um, Mark Jackson was talking about it on the broadcast. I think for, you cannot say that about Luca with having his, his second best player on the team out and playing on a ankle that I thought was season ending when I watched it, when I watched that injury happen the other night. So um, at least like a couple of games. I know. Well, they showed ESPN showed like the stuff he was doing, like the schedule of like rehab uh-huh. before the game, and it was like it was like twelve different things that he was doing to do his, to rehab his ankle. It's like like wow. the kind of maintenance that LeBron is known for for doing on his body, that kind right. of stuff but for a younger guy. Um, yeah. So two two. I'm. I'm a little confident. I feel like Kawhi's going to come out in Game Five and just. I feel like the Clippers are not going to lose game five. Game five is tough. Yeah. Um, especially if Beverly comes back, if George plays okay. Um, I don't think Kawhi lets the team go down. Um, I, I think, like, Lou Williams – like, because a lot of the buckets he was getting, like, I, I don't think it was just, like, defensive schemes that Carlisle got wrong. Like, it's just straight up, like, they don't have a defender for him. Um, and so he's going to get a lot of the buckets that he got in this game, I think, in game five, too, pretty easily. Um, and then the other main thing that I wanted to touch on was towards the end of the game, around the same time that they started playing that zone, uh, they went to like that small ball lineup, like fully small ball lineup. And I think they had like Morris at the five. Um, yeah. And that worked a lot better, I thought. Um, that's the, I mean, that's, that's the trump card, I think, for them in this entire playoffs. I think, I yeah. think if, if Houston can somehow get out of the, the Lakers round, um, which I think might happen, that's that's the lineup that they would use to go against Houston. Yeah, I, I don't think Zubac is playing. That lineup destroy Houston. Just a better version of Houston. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think that line that lineup, like you said, could be used and um, sort of expose the Mavericks defense a little bit. But I thought the Mavericks on defense played much better in this game than they have just overall. Even though they they gave yeah. up like one thirty ish, but 
Um, yeah, there's, there's Kawhi making making tough shots. I mean, there's yeah. at a certain point there's nothing you can do. Um, and they, I thought the Mavs also got a lot smarter about targeting Lou Williams um, with yeah. switches. And I thought game one they game one they were trying to do it, but they weren't being smart about it. Um, and like the sort of configuration and like plays they were running at him. Um, but I thought they improved on that. Uh, a lot in this game and uh, Kawhi putting even putting Kawhi on Luka didn't wasn't a solution um, for the most part I thought it slowed him down for sure um, he got rid of the ball a lot more um, but yeah no I like he he was still like getting his and like they were able to force switches off that too so like it didn't really end up mattering a lot of the time because like you put Kawhi on him initially and then like one screen away and you're already switching so it's I mean, in game three, it was Morris guarding Luca for most of it, if I remember correctly. Um, I think so. And I think, I mean, if you want to match up wise energy, just put PG on him. But um, yeah, like if PG is not going to do anything offensively, like yeah, just, yeah, just have just be like, you know what, we don't need we don't need you taking shots if you're going to go two for twelve. So. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really been an epic run with Paul George stinker playoff performance. <laughs> I feel like the most infamous one is that that 2018 game six versus the Jazz when he had yeah. like five points, but yeah. But I mean, like even last year, like I think he had two good games in that first round, and he had three really bad. Games. It's some rough. Like, <laughs> it's some rough. Uh, that Cavs first round series was rough when they yeah. when they got swept. Um, but post injury, I mean, Paul George in general. Yeah, that's that's the yeah, that's probably the kicker, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm play better. Uh, I, I still feel confident in the Clippers winning this, um, but I mean, it would be it would be interesting to see the 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 series price on the Mavericks at this point. Um, Probably pretty good. I can try to pull it up right now on my bookie. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I would expect that to be around like plus two twenty five, maybe, but. Um, yeah. That would be interesting to put some money on. Anyway. Um, I also just wanted to mention before we uh, move off it, the uh, so I got cleaning glass, right? And uh, we're bringing some advanced stats to the podcast. Yes. And uh, I, I was talking about the, you know, the Beverly effect. And I, I know a lot of people aren't necessarily sold on the Beverly effect. And there's been a lot of stuff going on, you know, at least mainstream media wise and a lot of other NBA players that think he's a little bit overrated on defense. In 18 possessions that uh, Beverly has played with Paul George, Leonard, Morris, and Zubac, their defensive rating uh, per 100 possessions, right, is 31.6. That is a plus-minus of 85. So, I don't know. All that's all I'm saying. He makes a big impact. The defense, like, Dallas finds it hard to score. I don't know if it's just him. I don't know if it's the way that uh, Rivers is able to put together the lineups when he is on the floor, but plus 85 is a big number. Plus 85 is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, hey, that's the kind of insight you're getting on the weekend wire, people. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I, I can see, I, I feel like this is probably going seven, but um, I think Kawhi, I have a lot of confidence in Kawhi, and Kawhi, Game seven abilities based on last year. Um, don't think I, I wouldn't have, bet against him, but uh, 
yeah, I, I'm, this is definitely going to be very exciting um, oh, to yeah. see how this plays out. So another series in the West that I want to talk about um, is Utah Denver in which Donovan Mitchell has been the best player by far in this series. And he's been kind of ridiculous, pretty surprising because you would probably have him, you know, best players in the series. You're, you're just making a list. You'd probably have him third, maybe second. If you think he's better than Murray, like before this, series. I, I think he's better. Well, before the series, yeah, it's, the it's playoffs. Kind of, I don't know. It's a question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a question. Um, Cause you would probably have, definitely have Jokic number one, but Jokic yeah. has been dominated by, um, Gobert, Gobert, which yeah. is insane. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> um, especially in game three, uh, Denver Denver just settled for jumpers. Their defense was horrible. Um, yeah. it, it, game two was just Utah. Game two, a lot of it was just Utah making everything and just looking uh-huh. like they're the best team in the NBA if they play like this, basically. Like, they, like that's not – I don't even think that's, like, an overreaction. Like, if, if you watch okay. – If they make those shots. Like, you would think, like – like a, a, someone who hasn't watched a second of basketball this year, them watching game two, they would have been like, that's the best team in the league by far. That's yeah. how ridiculous um, Utah's game two was. Um, <laughs> and Con- having Conley back for game three really helps the Jazz on offense. Um, and they have Clarkson, who was big in game two off the bench. Um, they have this guy, Jawan Morgan, that I had never even heard of. And – like, did, have you heard of him before this? Nope. I feel like we're, like, pretty informed. And, like, this guy from the G League was playing good defense on Jokic just out of nowhere. Um, I mean, you got to think for the Jazz, they're they're probably title contenders if they have Bogdanovich. Uh, yeah, if, if, like, the rest of them play like this. And Conley shot, what, like, seven for eight from three in game three? Yeah. I mean, so. I, think, uh, I think that's what Mitchell did in game two. Um well, yeah, I mean, like, Mitchell had, like, two insane stat lines the first Well, Mitchell game. also had 57 in game one, which yeah. I mentioned, um, which is <laughs> the, the third highest scoring game in NBA playoff history. So, um, that was unexpected. That was an awesome game to start the playoffs with. Uh, uh-huh. the, yeah, I thought the Nuggets just ball screening with Gobert's man would have been, like, the key to their entire offense, but it hasn't been working lately other than game one. Um. And Murray sort of took over in that game one overtime. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Mitchell's playing the best, like, that we've seen him in his entire career. It's been really fun to watch. Um, I don't know if this series is over. It kind of feels like it's over. It feels like it is, yeah, for but sure. I, I don't want to go there yet. Because um, Denver can't turn it up. And they have a lot of places that they can get a lot better at. So. They do, but I think their I think their main problem is that they don't have a they don't have this elite on ball defender. Stop, yeah. Mitchell, and it happened. It 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 killed them last year in the game seven versus the Blazers when they Blazers, had Craig, who you know he's he's decent, but he's not someone you want on CJ McCollum when he has thirty five and is cooking your team. Um, yeah. And, like, the, not having Gary Harris, not having Will Barton um, doesn't help either. But I still, I think this looks really bad for Denver if they lose this in, like, five. Well, I mean, it just begs a lot of questions that maybe you go in a different direction maybe with Jamal Murray. I don't know. Um, maybe it's too early to go that far. But, like, 
you got to get some better guards. Um, it's a guard-heavy league, and you're trying to play with, like, a center as your main guy. And, like, Philly just found that out the hard way. Um, and now I think Denver might be about to go down the same route. Um, they, yeah, like, I, like you said, last year against Portland, this year against Utah, main thing, really good guard play. Um, and if you can't stop that, I, you got to, like, go in a different direction, I think. And I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways they could do that with packaging some of their young players. Like, let's say, say you call up the Wizards, you offer a ton for Bradley Beal to replace Harris. That's a, that's a route they could go. Um, not big saying improvement. Do it. Wait, what did you say? That's a big improvement. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of guards in this league that could help. You could you could look at Oladipo potentially. Um, I don't know if Oladipo would want to leave Indiana though. Yeah, I mean, they are about to get swept, but uh, <laughs> your favorite Heat yes. um, team. <laughs> uh, title contenders, yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways that Denver could improve. Um, I think Malone – I don't know how I feel about Malone as a coach. Um, I used to rate him really highly. So did I. It's, it's, the, their defense has just been so bad. Like <laughs> – it's horrible. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought they'd kind of figure it out and, like, figure it out how to, like, hide Jokic and all that. And then it's like, Gobert goes off on you. I think you're the one that texted me that. It's like, if you're letting Gobert score that much, like, it's it's kind of a problem. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Gobert should not – I mean, it's kind of on Jokic, too. Just, like, right. he, he's at a point in his career where he's considered probably, like, consensus, consensus top ten player. Um yeah, definitely like a top two big man. Being dominated by Gobert, who some people wouldn't even have in their top thirty, is not. Um, it's just not. You're not gonna win. Like, like people think he's a negative on offense, and you're making this guy look good. So <laughs> he's getting um, he's killing him on defense. It's it's, it's not insane. Good. Honestly, I hope this. I hope I'm kind of rooting for this Utah run to continue. If especially if Dallas can find a way to beat the Clippers mm-hmm. uh, because it's fun. I, I want to, I like, I like watching Donovan Mitchell dominate. It's fun to me. And I think like, I, I want to see more of those sunset jerseys. <laughs> and uh, They look nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I usually don't, don't find myself rooting for the jazz, but I, I just loves how they've played. So, yeah. Um, and then another lovable team is the Blazers who, um, we're able to stun the Lakers in game one and th- through some great shot making, but mostly the Clippers shooting 15% from three. I mean, the Lakers shooting 15% from three and 35% from the field. If they do that, they're going to lose every single game versus any playoff team. Yeah. Except for like maybe the Nets, but uh, – <laughs> Oh, the Nets are a different animal. <laughs> yeah, the Blazers were able to, like, wall off the paint in game one. Um, that did not happen in game two or three. Uh, game two was a blowout. Dane dislocated his finger. Um, that was bad. It kind of felt over after game two, honestly. And then they came game, back. They, game three, I was pretty impressed by the Blazers, honestly. But um, the playoff LeBron just sort of <laughs> was re – Reborn and um, rip their hearts out. So, I mean, what what are your what are your thoughts? Do you think do you think Portland can tie the series and make this a little more interesting? Um, 
I, it doesn't look very good right now. Um, I think the Lakers are kind of figuring out uh, the offense a lot better now. And, like, Portland really doesn't have anyone, like, left that can guard uh, AD either. And, like, AD is – I think he's, what, scored 30 in, like, pretty much all the games? Some of that? Who? Uh, Davis. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's just been kind of going off. And, like, they don't really have anyone that can stop that. So, I, I don't know. I, it would take a huge, huge scoring game from, I think, Dame in game four um, or CJ to, like, claw it back. But otherwise, like, it just seems like LA is a more complete team. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I mean, that's, that's not saying anything either. Like, that's something we, we expected. I, I mean, after the game one, um, it was sort of like, oh, are the Clippers, are the Lakers in trouble? And if you look at their shooting numbers, you're like, oh, they're going to, yeah. if they're shooting like that, they're not going to win. Yeah, and what you like you were saying, Portland really has no answers for Davis. Um, this happened in the 2018 series too, versus yeah. Celtics in the sweep. Uh, I thought Whiteside actually played pretty well on him in Game One, but other yeah, than that, pretty he's been pretty dominant. And he's just but getting- he was. I thought AB was also like a little bit passive in Game One too. I don't yeah. know, a little uh, bit more than normal. Melo was clutch. Melo was good in Game Three, if I'm remembering yeah. right. Um, but that's not going to happen every game, and he's pretty much a liability on defense now. Yeah. But if the Lakers continue to, to do uh, drop coverage on pick and rolls against Dame and he's just pulling up from three like like uh, like the Mavs did before the playoffs and I think the Nets did, um, that's going to be, you know, Problem. an issue. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know how much the dislocated finger hurts him. Yeah, see, I thought I thought it'd be a big deal, and he would just like game three just comes out. And he has nineteen in the first half, so I, right. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. It's I mean, obviously that's an injury that's going to get better as you know day by right. day. And it's on his offhand, so like I guess eh, it yeah, wasn't as bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see CJ having a big game four and tying the series, but then after that, I don't see. I say I feel like the Lakers are not going to let the this Portland team. Uh, Make it around. make it even go seven games. I don't I don't think that's that's realistic. I, w- I would say Lakers in five. Um, I was six, yeah. Yeah, so six is pushing it now. And then OKC Houston, which I would be happy to get to six. Um, OKC was able to squeak out a game three win. Um, Barely of an OKC in six seems pretty wrong. Uh, their their ball was really good in game three, but their offense has just not been able to figure out Houston's switching defense. Um, Harden's been incredible, despite Lou Dort's great defense in game Lou Dort kind of shut him down yesterday, though. Lou Dort, yeah, Lou Dort did, did pretty good yesterday. Especially late in the game. Well, but um, game three, I was super impressed. Uh, and you think you think if he played in game one, the result could have been different. but uh, Possibly. So, OKC, I mean – Chris Paul was great yesterday, but at this point in his career, expecting him to sort of carry your team is just not realistic. SGA has to be better. Adams has to be – like, there's so many things that have to go right for them to be able to compete and um, probably should have saw that coming. But um, And, again, like, they can do it for one game like they did yesterday. But, like, that – they barely – Barely got that win yesterday, too. Yeah, I mean the math. I mean the math against Houston. If they're making threes, it's really hard. And and they haven't gone. They haven't really gone cold yet, except for a little bit in game three. But 
I mean, the the the, the OKC come, making this a series would just like Houston's gonna have to go cold for like two games. Right, and like I felt Game Three was more Eric Gordon kind of shooting them out of a game for the yeah. rather than as a team. Like I thought they were fine. Like Jeff Green has been amazing. Yeah, <laughs> who would have thought? Yeah, which and he's like the biggest. He's like the biggest trick or treat player like ever. Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, it was a definition. Like it, it could definitely. I feel like the the momentum and the luck can swing back in OKC's favor a little bit, but um. I don't. I don't think they have a chance in this series. Um, if they don't, if they don't win Game Four, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's over. they need Game Four. It's not going to. Houston's not going to shoot poorly in three straight games. So, no. um, so you want to do Miami or your Magic? Oh, uh, let's talk about the Magic a little bit. Okay. Because I've been hearing a lot about I'm just Magic. I'm let you go. Cause... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know uh, this was the series that I think a lot of people didn't really want to watch um, for a good reason. Uh, I think game one surprised a lot of people. Um, again, like Orlando looked good. Uh, I texted you right after uh, that I was kind of buying into the whole Orlando, uh, you know, the way that they played defense and how disciplined they were. Uh, I, it felt like they could make a close series out of it. Um, I think. A lot of people that I texted about that series um, thought that, like, I thought that Orlando was going to be able to win that series. And, like, I no, I wasn't going to go that far. Um, but, yeah, I thought, like, they'd be able to hang around a lot better than they uh, were able to in games two and three. Um, game one, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me um, was the fact that they don't commit a lot of turnovers, which really limits a lot of the transition opportunities that Milwaukee loves. Um, Milwaukee – gets the bulk of its points from transition because they aren't a great half-court team. And because um, they have Giannis running the floor. It's, it's a lot, right? Like, it, that, you can just – he can – three strides and he's at the basket from half-court. Like, you can't get better than that. Um, and I think that in game two, they still executed, like, what they wanted to do very well. Uh, I thought the offense was still disciplined. They just couldn't buy a shot. Uh, I think they shot six-point – seven percent six point three percent something like that in the first quarter or first half from three yeah um you can't do that against milwaukee uh i really didn't think they would shoot that bad like i thought okay like maybe low 30s but like shooting below 25 percent and you're not going to win the game uh and you're not even really going to be close uh they got like helped in that game a lot by the refs i thought uh they kept it pretty close um that's the only reason that i thought orlando really was even looking kind of competitive towards the end, like I think they got it back down to single digits for like one possession before Milwaukee kind of pulled it out again. Uh, game three was a little bit of a shocker because like they did everything bad. They turned the ball over a lot. Uh, they didn't get back in transition. Um, and their offense just looks so different now than it did in game one, which partially came down to the three-point shooting, I thought. Uh, Vucevic looked really hot in game one. And so that opened up a lot of space on the inside. Uh, for guys like Terrence Ross, for guys like Markel Fultz, because Fultz makes a lot of bad decisions, and he takes a lot of weird mid-range shots that, like, if he doesn't have a lot of space, he's not going to be making a whole lot of them. Um, and that's just been the problem. They've gotten clogged up because now Milwaukee realizes that, yeah, like, it's cool for them to leave the three open, which is what they want to do anyways. Yeah. Um, and if you don't punish them for it, then uh, there's not a whole lot that you can do. Um, I, I think the shooting is going to pick up. Um, I. Evan Fournier has just been, like, awful. Yeah, the entire series. really bad. 
Yeah, and so if he plays, like, even a decent game in game four, I think they can make it competitive. Um, Augustine, uh, like, that dude needs to get signed by, like, a contender, I feel like, because, like, he controls the pace of the game so well. Um, He's smart. He doesn't, like, turn the ball over just, like, on, like, stupid passes. Um, Pick and roll game is, like, kind of underrated with him. And so, I I don't know. I I really like this team after game one just because, like, they looked – like Steve Clifford teams are disciplined. Like they know how to play good. No, they get, they get back on defense, and that's exactly. that's huge against Milwaukee. That's what that's what Toronto did last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and on your Vucevic point, um, him drawing out Lopez with his shooting is really opens up the offense as well. So and if he can have a repeat performance of uh, his this game one, um, this could get interesting. I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think we see this going past six games. But and like um, even six would take a really good game from Orlando at this point. But but um, the on you were talking about the Bucks offensive uh, game in transition in game one they had a forty seven offensive rating, yeah, in transition and a twenty nine offensive rating off of defensive rebounds. So the Magic were very disciplined and getting back and sort of, you know building a wall to contain Giannis, which is like sort of what the gap defense that the Raptors does, that the Raptors do um, all the time. Um, So that's what you got to do. I mean, look, the Raptors are going to be able to do that. Like that's, they're very disciplined. Nurse is going to be able to make adjustments. And that's why I think it's not a foregone conclusion that the Bucks are coming out of the East. So. um, Same thing with the Heat even. Yeah. No, the, yeah, the Heat can do the Heat can do definitely the same thing. Um, yeah, and the Heat have a lot – like, that's the thing. Like, I think Orlando exposed a lot of the weaknesses that Milwaukee has, and they can be exploited. That sets up the blueprint for Miami to do it. Well, the Heat have better shooters to, to make some of these shots that are going to exactly. be – Exactly. Right. And I think that the most interesting thing for me about, like, the – at this point, I'm going to say Miami's going to play Milwaukee. I'll be very surprised. Yeah. I mean, everybody would be very surprised yeah. if it's not. Um, but I, I think the big question becomes how much do they play Bam? Because Bam is not really a floor spacer. Um, and if you're playing Jimmy, I think we've talked about it before that you can't like you can play those two together, but I don't think you can against Milwaukee. So I don't know what they do. Maybe they go small and try and play like a Linux um, at the five. But I don't know. They might have to that like on the offensive end, I, I think they're gonna like Smolster is gonna have to make some adjustments because mm-hmm. they can't just kind of do what they've been doing yeah. um, all season. Well, I think, um, yeah, I, I think that that in a in that series, if they do go small, Giannis is gonna have a lot of success. But just, I mean, it's really gonna come down to the shot, the Miami's ability to hit threes. I think, and. Uh, and they look good right now from three. Logic, even Jimmy Butler, Crowder, all those guys. Hero, Hero. Yeah, Hero's been hitting. Yeah. They've they've been great against the Pacers, and it's probably going to be a sweep. Um, and another series that wasn't a sweep was Sixers-Celtics, which we were not very enthused about last week. Um, like our going to go five. Really stopped before we even talked about it, so I had to, like, add some at the end. But uh, – <laughs> Game one was competitive. They Sixers give up, but basically gave up in game two. And game three, they battled. And then game four was close, but never felt like they were going to win. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, they were pretty much doomed in this matchup to begin with, but I thought without Hayward, there was some chance they would have, they would, they would make it a little competitive, but no. And now for the Sixers, I mean, the, they're the cleaning out. rumors are already fired. They're cleaning house. Brett Brown will almost certainly be gone. Um, yeah, I don't think you can keep him after that. Yeah, and uh, you would hope that they get rid of Elton Brand, too, who has made these yeah. contract decisions, especially the Tobias Harris, who, who we if you've listened to this enough, you <laughs> could probably know that I am not a fan of his and um, really hasn't, haven't ever been. Um, yeah. Just paying him $180 million. Horford, Horford averaged, I think, four points a game in this series. I think so, yeah. Which is so it bad. might have been five, <laughs> but it's yeah. <laughs> I mean, Harris hasn't scored over sixteen points in his last like, I think except for once in his last like ten playoff games. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, someone laid out his points for like the last ten or yeah, fifteen, like, whatever it was. And, bad. Like, yeah, it's really bad. Um, and you, I mean, you hope they can they can either they can keep those two healthy, Simmons and Embiid, and because that's a that's I mean that's a team that I that I find myself rooting for. Um, but, I mean, if Embiid wants out, he's going to get out. And we'll see if he actually does. I, I, I feel like he probably doesn't yet. Not yet. But they got to build around him. But they got to they, – yeah, they got to do something to make him at least excited about, like – Staying. How, how this team can perform, um, all of this stuff, because – Right now, you've got the Celtics rising. You've got the Raptors who are still there. You've got the Bucks, obviously, and this, they're just not—they're just clearly a tier below those teams. Yeah, and uh, even Miami, with a very big gap. Yeah, even Miami is—you could probably put in that that tier above there. You could um, the a healthy Pacers team, which we might not ever see, but um, yeah. it's probably above them too. And it's just after last year being maybe like Kawhi's four bounce shot away from potentially making the finals. Um, it's just been a real letdown this entire season, but honestly, yeah. I'm happy we don't have to talk about them again, again this year because yeah. we've got a lot of more exciting playoff basketball ahead. We've got, hopefully we'll, we'll, I, re, I wanted to do this today since I feel like the first round is like basically halfway over. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how Mavs Clippers goes. I feel like Mavs Clippers is probably only series that's going seven. Gonna go beyond six, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably probably only one that's going beyond six. So uh, um, next week we'll probably have some of those, at least you know, three out of the four second round matchups in place. Um, well, we already have two basically locked. Yeah, we already have. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's going to be Toronto, Boston, and it's pretty much going to be Milwaukee Heat on the uh, on the Eastern. And then, yeah, the West is a little more um, in play, but those are that's going to be great, um, especially yeah. especially in the West, I think, because or actually maybe not, but um, the East uh, is going to be Lakers insane too. It's going to be great. Miami, Milwaukee will be great. Sixers, South. I mean, not Sixers. <laughs> not the Sixers. <laughs> Great. Um, and then we'll see. We'll see what happens in with Utah, Denver, um, and this Clippers Mavs series. But um, we've got a lot of exciting stuff ahead. So keep listening to the pod. Um, think we're good for today, unless you have any closing thoughts or. 
not really. I, I think that covers most of it. Uh, watch the Clippers in Dallas. Do yourself a favor. Um, watch that series from here on out if you haven't already. Um, try and watch that fourth quarter in overtime of today's game if you can, too, because it was worth it. You missed it. It's, um, it's been, it was amazing, amazing yeah. stretch. And like I generally, care at the shot. So yeah, um, so game of the year, potentially. So yeah, it could be beaten, but I would be. We sure. hope it's beaten. I would be sure. Yeah, we hope it does. Okay.